Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and following up from last week. Actually, I love part one, part two, part threes. You guys, I think you guys know this after listening for years. I've got a lot of these multiple parts and this is a follow-up from last week. So this might be a part two from the three positions because today I want to offer an example of what I mean when I say three positions and how you can begin to experience these states of being within you. In fact, today's episode is called Celebrate and even this one may need a second part. So we might need part two, three positions and then a part two celebrate after this one. So this one's kind of like a, it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid episode, brothers. That's what this is. Because this is just one example. And there are several. However, this example is integrated with time. And it might help with the release of some illusion around that experience. But around the way we experience time. But first, a quick update, brothers. Because the Academy is shifting from a cyclical module program to a linear progressive set of courses. And I'm very, very excited about it, about how it's unrolling. Because of what I see it do, what I see it do and how I see it change and trans, transmute lives. And the truth is there is more that is changing because I continue to shed identities that don't resonate with me anymore and don't serve me anymore. And as I do this, I pass it on, I serve, I teach it back to you. And it's all happening now. And I'm having so much fun and joy watching it all happen which is a great segue into this podcast episode because we are going to talk about expectation as a low vibration, detachment as a high vibration, and celebration as a super vibration or the superposition of vibration, which is oneness and love. So again, brothers, remember from last week, this is the example I'm using for you guys this week. The three positions. We have the duality of expectation and detachment. Okay, that's the duality of low vibration, high vibration expectation, detachment. And then there's the super vibration or the super position of vibration. And that's celebration. That's that high, high vibration. It's not even, I mean, it is a high, high vibration, but it's really just oneness, right? There's no more duality. There's nothing that opposes it. Expectation and detachment are opposed. And you'll see that in this podcast or you'll hear that. But first brothers, a reminder, Everything is energy. Okay, that's the whole point of this. <laughs> that is what it means to be on a spiritual journey, to be on, in, on the spiritual path or being on a spiritual journey in your life. And if you're taking this journey, then congratulations. Not everybody can do it because of how their physical life is unfolding. But even those that can do it, not everyone does do it. Not everybody chooses this path, the spiritual journey. So I want to begin there and say congratulations and thank you, but everything is energy. That's the point of the spiritual journey, right? The spiritual path. And I want you to keep that in mind as we go through this transmutation, this transmutation of energy from low vibration to high vibration, and maybe even to the superposition of vibration. Because you have been identifying with your body and the external world, and you've been giving that too much authority. That's, that's the material path. 
That's why you've come to the spiritual path, because you've been doing that and you realize this isn't working. You've been giving it too much authority. The world is for us to enjoy, brother, and celebrate and connect with. We're not the victims of the world, right? That's the material path. We have to survive in this world, right? And we need to get more. That we, There's this idea of getting. There's this idea of lack, right? That's the material path. And, and the material path also has, a, on the other side of it, it has, you know, large sums. So you have the lack and you have the large sums. But I don't even, I, you can hear I'm hesitating using the word abundance because abundance only exists in the spiritual journey and exists in the oneness. You know, the world never has struggle. The world never has strife or suffering. All that comes from an inability to see the world as it is because it's all energy. You are energy. Your body is energy, just energy. And it's important to remember that. And I know you're not in the academy, right? So you may not have the full power of what those words mean. But the more you listen and understand, the more I know you will begin to experience your body is energy, Right? Your body's energy. It's cellular energy. Flesh is energy. Trees are energy, right? Trees are also a form of cellular energy. Rocks are energy, but they're more mineral, right? All matter is energy being perceived, like even waters, you know, solids, liquids, gases. It's all energy being perceived by consciousness. All right, check this out. Here's an analogy before we get into this, uh, into this example, these three positions. Imagine your human life was like, the life of the sea, right? Be like sea life. Instead of air everywhere, filling the separation, so to speak, right? You know how we experience air that we breathe? We think this is air and we think we breathe it. <laughs> so wild. It's wild. We think this is air and we think that we breathe it. Imagine that. This is not air. We're not breathing. This is life. This is what we are. We are this very same consciousness. I know, I know. I mean, everybody's still thinking the world is flat here. And I'm introducing this idea that the world is round. That the air we think we breathe is really data, right? Just bits of molecules and emotions, a mix of, mix of gases, as they say, right? But anyway, I don't want to take you guys down that rabbit hole. Let's stay in this analogy, right? So imagine it's like this life in the sea, but instead of air everywhere that's filling the separation, that's filling this void, it's water, right? Because that's what's happening in the sea. In the sea, everything between the, the solids is water. So there's water all around us, moving through us, within us, and around us. And there's a current in the water, which would represent these states of being, right? Or these positions that we talked about last week. And I mentioned last week, I'm going to go deeper into this week. So we're sea life and we have moving all around us, through us and with us. We have this water, these currents. Now in our life, in our out of sea life, I guess, in our air life, we have these currents as well. You have these currents of emotions that we're experiencing, we're transmuting and that we're demonstrating. Oftentimes we're reacting to or resisting or avoiding, but we have these as well, but we don't see them because we think it's just air. <laughs> like it's just this air around us, right? This, this mix of gas when there's really so much. And in this analogy, you might think that you're a fish, right? You think that you and I are fish or maybe some other larger sea creature like a shark or a whale or something but we all we have the insects right we have the little shrimps we have the little lobsters and the the crabs and we have the plants right we have the sea plants we have the corals so everything is there it's all affected by this water by this current right we're all swimming through this water this current and we are some kind of large sea animal but here's the truth here's the truth and this is this is why I present this analogy to you you are not a fish at all you're not a whale you're not a shark nor am I 
we brothers, what we are is the water itself. We are the energy that perceives the energy. We're the water. We're everywhere at all times. The wave of energy, it's moving around. The illusion of data, which is cellular or molecular. You are not the body. You are the energy that perceives the body. You are the energy that perceives the world. And so you are the air. You are the all. You are the pure consciousness. You know, you see through your eyes and you think that it's through your body. You think it's the eyes that see and experience. But that's the perception. You are what you see. You are not what you see from. <laughs> so all these currents move in waves because of the duality, because of the correcting, the healing, the remembering, because of whatever you want to call it, right? As this occurs, the waves begin to flatten and eventually everything will return to oneness, which is the superposition. But here's the thing. That has already occurred. It's already happened. It happened a long time ago. That's the full power of being an alpha is to remember it's already happening. Duality has already collapsed. We are in oneness. We call it the present moment. We call it the now. But our minds are still split. Our minds are still broken. They're still fractured. They're still reacting to an idea of past, present, future. So we are energy itself moving towards vibrating higher and higher until it dissolves all lower order illusions. Because that is all that remains, which is the illusion. The correction is complete, which is probably a different episode. But honestly, brothers, I could just open a show and talk to you guys about this all day. And I love to do that. Just sit and explain all of this and answer questions and help you see what's always been there, what's always been right in front of you. But I try to keep these to 20 to 30 minutes, right? These podcast episodes. So just keep this in mind. You are energy. You are vibration. You're not emotion. You're not thought. You're not body. These are energies, mind, body, spirit. These are energies that you are aware of. You are the awareness that shifts these energies and transmutes illusion into truth. You do this as you move closer to the truth and let go of the identity that you are not. And when we look at the low vibration, which is the energy of attachment and expectation, we see the power this has over the mind. Right? This is the low vibration. The beta condition loves these low vibrations, right? It lives on these low vibrations. It actually, in some ways, thrives on these because that's where it gains its authority from. And it loves expectation. It loves to project the future based on past and the present. And for this reason, expectation is probably the most profound mark on humanity. We all live with expectation. The dream that the future holds a greater promise than the now, right? That there's something better, that we want more. In fact, there's some entitlement that rests upon it, right? That we deserve more, that we should have more. We expect that there will be something better. Those are some versions of expectation, right? But generally, that one day, all of our dreams will come true, right? And we'll finally stop wanting. We'll stop desiring for something more, right? That's kind of the way the beta condition wraps itself on itself, right? That's how it makes it. It turns it into a hamster running on a wheel because it creates the expectation that tomorrow will be better, but it never stops that wanting, right? There's always going to be better. There's always more. There's always a desire for something more, something better. And the expectation is not the desire itself, but the attachment to it. The removal from the present moment into the future to live somewhere where you're not 
in order to escape the perfection that's, that you always have. Right, this idea that somehow we receive all the money we want, all our relationships will be perfect, we'll have absolute freedom to do all the things we've always wanted to do, whatever it is. But right now, we can't do that. Right? That's what the mind says. That's what the beta can just say. That's what expectation says. And this says, in this moment, it's not possible. We have to tie up something first, right? Something needs to be cleared up first. Something has to happen. This has to happen or that has to happen. We can't be happy or successful or free or loved or whatever until we clear something up, until something gets complete. So we go on postponing and postponing and aging and aging. And then the fear of being too late occurs. Then that starts to rise. That, that becomes the expectation. It's too late to do these things, experience this and achieve that. It's too late to do all these things, to, ex- to have our expectations occur. But it's never too late to be here and now. You only have to let go of your attachment to projections and expectations. Basically, what we're talking about here is the combination of desire and attachment. Remember that, brothers? Remember desire? Remember, desires are powerful energies of creation. Desires, desire in and of itself is completely neutral. If it is a pure desire, which again is a, is a thought, right? I'm putting a thought spin on a neutral state of being. Desire is a neutral state of being. And when I start to put a put a, a, a spin, a belief on it, when I start to tweak with my mind, right? I use my mind to affect it, to call it a pure desire. When the desire is pure, right? That naturally, just through that intention, raises the vibration of desire. When that desire is pure, it can take you to greater heights because desire itself is just desire. It's just desire. It's just a neutral thing. It's just there. It exists neutrally. It's when the mind grabs it. So when the moment desire becomes entangled with the projections in the mind, when it becomes attached to the outcome as a real thing, that the real that there's a real thing out there that is going to affect me essentially, the self, right? And then it can only result in disappointment. Because we're attaching ourselves, the idea of vibration, the energy to the illusion of the external, to the illusion of the outcome, to the result, to the circumstance. Brothers, all low vibrations have a purpose. One of them is to be transmuted into high vibrations. (laughs) I think you guys know that, right? But another is to work with the construct of the illusion to maintain its stability and structure. The body carries a low vibration with it, and it must do so because of its density. You understand, without the body we would move through this life, through this third dimension as ghosts, as just conscious, aware beings, right? There'd be nothing to see. You couldn't see us. You couldn't see me, right? I would be invisible without a body. I'd just be there moving around, experiencing things. And that's what I mean. Like you think you're the body because you see through the eyes, <laughs> but you're not the body because your awareness isn't coming through the eyes. Your awareness is just there. It just appears to be coming through the eyes. Without the body, you would still be aware, you just be moving through reality and space. It's some kind of ghost. But we use the body. The body is a vehicle. We use it. But it carries with it a low vibration. Then it does so because it must manifest in the third dimension. The third dimension is a very low vibrational dimension, right? That's why we don't die, brother. I'm telling you we don't die. I know I've said that before, but now I'm telling you this. I'm certain of this. I know it's hard to believe, but you live forever. Right? The body doesn't live forever, right? But you aren't the body, you are aware of the body. And the body carries a low vibration with it that you experience with that 
awareness. So the body has this low vibration in the DNA. It has it in the genes. It's a part of the nature of the dream. You are the body in the dream. It's your avatar. Have you ever seen that movie Avatar? <laughs> Where the dude, the soldier, he goes to sleep in the bed. And he can't walk, right? He's in the wheelchair. So he can't walk and he goes to sleep in the bed and he gets sent, his mind gets sent into this avatar, into this other cellular vehicle that looks like the indigenous people of that planet. And that's, I mean, it's a documentary, bro. <laughs> Movies are documentaries. They're there to help wake us up. And now you're like, oh, I see what's happening to Kevin. He's, he's cracking out. He's losing it because he thinks that movies are real. It's not that movies are real. It's that we are locked in a prison of our own mind. And movies are a part of that mind. It's a part of the dream helping us to wake up from the dream. Helping us to realize this is a dream. To enjoy this dream. You are not the body. You are aware of the body. And it is fear. It entered into the separation, right? Fear. Fear entered with the separation or awareness of the separation, right? Depending on what your personal, religious, and spiritual beliefs are. Now, expectation is one of the vibrations at the source of all bodily fear because it concerns death. And that is why we all experience this low vibrational phenomenon, right? It's why we all experience this. It's actually in the D. It's programmed in the DNA. It's programmed in us to change, brother. We have to change, to shift and move and die and decay. Ironically, it's the body that generates this illusion onto the illusion because the portion of the brain called the neocortex is what perceives life as time flowing by. It is the source of the anxiety about time running out. And this thought feeling, time is running out, followed by the feeling of anxiety, held by those who experience time and duality is what generates the DNA response to operate like a clock like time itself, ticking away at life. So the notion of time and your response or reaction to its passing is rooted deeply in attachment and expectation. And you can just consider the seven-year cycle, which I've mentioned many times on this podcast episode, as just one example. The seven-year cycle has been noted by cultures all around the world for millennia. This is not something new. And simultaneously, at the superposition, death is a cause for celebration, which I may explore if I've got time later on this podcast episode. But when you're operating at this low vibration, life is programmed to revolve around your expectation about your life and those around you. Expectation, like desire, is not a bad thing. It's a neutral thing. It's actually quite powerful. We use expectation for manifestation. It is a part of the creation process. It all depends on how you react to it with your own expectations and is a measure of how much trust you have in life itself. It's another word I've used a lot, brothers trust. This will help. It will help to wake you up because you're already free. You think you need something to be free, but you, you don't need anything. That's the illusion that you're in. That's the nightmare that you're choosing to experience, that you need something to be free. It's so wild, right? It's so wild. You need nothing. You don't need more money. You don't need more education. You don't need more experience. You don't need more love. You don't need more anything. You've got it all. And trust to let go. You will know how much trust you have in life when circumstances feel out of control and chaotic. Every time you identify with an expectation, you are setting yourself up for disappointment, but only if you're attached to it. And that is the key. If you are able to expand your consciousness and step into your alpha state, you will remember that you are a part of the greater natural cycle. 
and that all circumstances fit into a far wider picture than any of us can truly comprehend. Brother, expectation and disappointment are both low vibrations of narrow-minded thinking, like the villagers in the story about the farmer and the villagers. And remember this because I might have time to tell you this story later on in this podcast. It has to do with the duality. Remember this, the villagers. Expectation has to do with the villagers. Now, the mind only sees what you program it to see. It is exactly creating your reality and influencing the flow of your circumstances around you. Raising the vibration of ourselves is probably the most important thing any human could ever do. That's, I know it's a bold statement. I know it's a belief I hold, but raising our own vibrations and the vibrations of the earth and, and the people around us, like opening our hearts and living out of our soul, it's the most important thing we could ever do. But we are so distracted. We're distracted inside with the low vibrations to even know that we can do something about any of this because we end up being distracted by the low vibrations and choosing to resist or avoid them through the external distractions of the world. And brothers, when you are expecting something bad to happen, you won't notice all the perfection and goodness around you, which means you can't take advantage of the gifts, the perfection that's happening right now, or even enjoy them. And at the same time, if you're expecting something greater, better to happen, and it doesn't, you might miss out on the perfection of the circumstance right in front of you. Your expectation takes you out of the oneness of the now so effectively that you lose your place in the flow of divine timing. Whether your expectation is optimistic or pessimistic, it narrows your awareness down and shrinks you into the beta condition where the limitless potential that exists in the present is hidden from you in plain sight. <laughs> Goodness, it's right here, brother. And now remember, I do want you to remember, I'm talking about energy here. Because when I mention the higher vibration of expectation is detachment, when I use the word detachment, when we move from expectation as a low vibration to detachment as a high vibration, I'm talking about the detachment from the expectation. I'm talking about energetic detachment, not physical detachment. I'm not talking about emotional detachment either. Both physical and emotional detachment have been ways people have misinterpreted the Buddhist teaching of non-attachment. It's not about detaching from the world. It's not about detaching from your emotions. It's a detachment from the duality, from the expectation that what comes next is better or that you can have something more fulfilling than what you've already been given. It's about watching what's going on in the flow of time. But it's not that I'm telling you to let go of your wants either. Just the attachment to the outcome as the source of the power and the authority. The outcomes, the world, that's not what's going to create your experience unless you let it, which is by being unconscious. Just stop and listen to your mind for a second. I mean, I know we're deep into this podcast. I want to see how deep we get, but stop and listen for a moment. Can you turn up the volume in your mind and listen to it? Can you watch it? What does it say when you're in that low vibration state, when you're identified with the body? <laughs> what does it say to you, brother? Do this, do that, right? Got to do something. Got to get up and move. I have to. I need to. I should be. I shouldn't be. You know, all these things, all the projections, all the statements of future occurrence. Because when you ask yourself why, the reason will be for something that hasn't happened yet. I have to do this for that. I have to do, I need to do this for this. I should be. I shouldn't be. Why shouldn't you be doing that? Oh, because it'll lead to that. Oh, I should be doing this. What, what for? Because it'll get me that. I have to do this. I have no choice. This is what must be done. Well, for what reason? Because then this other thing won't occur. It's all based on the future. 
And low vibrations are always some derivative of fear, so they project the body and come from the body because the ego has hijacked the body. It's very attached to the body. And the detachment is not from the body. I'm not saying that either. I'm not saying detach from your body. It is from the belief that you are the body. <laughs> love your vehicle. Take care of your vehicle. You know, self-love is a part of loving the vehicle, but you are not the vehicle. And when you do this, you are aware of what the body is and who you are. And then you become limitless, eternal, timeless. This is the transmutation. This is the raising of vibration and awareness. This is consciousness. This is awakening and this is remembering. And brother, you can't force this. You can't force this to happen for two reasons. And that's why I guide people. Because guidance is not the same as forcing. Well, the first reason is that whatever you resist persists, right? That's the first reason. Any attempt to force detachment creates more attachment. You can't release yourself from the hold of the ego by telling yourself that the ego exists, right? I mean, think about that. Your belief in it is the cause and totality of its power and authority. So by trying to get yourself rid of it, you are giving it power through your belief in it <laughs> that there's something to get rid of, right? It doesn't exist, brother. But the second reason is because once you take it on as a desired outcome, once you say, I want to detach, you create another expectation. Your creation is of detachment. Remember, a desire with an attachment is an expectation. And in this case, you're expecting to detach. Detachment is more about remembering, right? That you are the field of view in front of you and all around you. Now, you're greater than the field of view. In fact, you're everything. But just to give you one step out of the, the attachment you have, to detach yourself just a little bit. You see, offer that you're the field of view, everything between where you are and what you see. You are greater than the body. The body is amazing. It's a beautiful vehicle. Its purpose is for us to learn skills, to collect environmental data, and to communicate. But it's a machine. It's an illusion that appears real in a dimension of low vibrational information. The dimension that we call matter intensity. Remember, you are an avatar in this dream. Use it the same way that Jake in the avatar used his avatar to run. Remember, Jake didn't have any legs. <laughs> if, I don't know if you've seen that movie. It was a great movie at the time. I know it's a little bit old, but Jake didn't have any legs. He was in a wheelchair. And the first thing he did when he got in his avatar body was run, 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 run. Well, yeah, because that's something you can do in your bodies. You can run, 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 run. And if you want to experience that, go experience that. That's what the body's for. It's to have these experiences, to learn these skills, right? To learn these skills, the skill of running, skill of whatever it is you want to learn the skill of, right? To collect environmental data, to tell you when it's too hot, too cold, it's windy, calm, right? whether you're in water, what altitude you're at, you know, what something smells like, what something tastes like. That's environmental data. It's neutral. And then it's to communicate, to communicate through vibration. Of course, we communicate through action somewhat, but it's truly through vibration, your state of being. That's why we do this work, to work on state of being. And detachment as a state of being presupposes a great love and trust in the flow of life. So you begin with love. You begin with trust. Expectation will always exist due to the nature of perceived time. You can't do anything about that. But detachment is working with your expectations rather than being a victim of them. Detachment isn't something to aim for. It is something that arises naturally when you trust in the moment and let go of control. The more you try to control, <laughs> the more you are attached. 
to that outcome of being detached because you're trying to control it. You're aiming for it. Let go, let go, let go and be and you will become detached. Even though you cannot immediately see the outcome of a given situation, you know that it is connected with a prior situation and bridges to another situation ahead in the future, which will continue for all time. This is eternity. And this is the perspective of the farmer in the story of the farmer and the villagers. Aha, you see what I did there. I showed you the duality between expectation and detachment. Remember earlier I said expectation and disappointment are both low vibrations of narrow-minded thinking. That's what the villagers do. Because the villagers are expecting something to occur based on the present situation. And they get disappointed when that does or doesn't occur. It's narrow-minded. It's short time. It's measured timed thinking. Well, detachment takes the long view like the farmer. It's the flip side of this duality on the wave between the peak, which is detachment, the farmer, and the valley, which is expectation, or the villagers. Now, very quickly, I'm going to see if I can get through this story and finish with another story before closing this podcast episode, brothers, because I know we're getting to that time. The story of the farmers and the villagers, which I've told many times on this podcast, is the story of a farmer who one day decided to let his horse go free. He had a horse that he used to bring in the crops every season. And this time, this morning, he decided for no reason to just let his horse go free. He opened up the pen and the horse ran out. And the villagers came over and watched this. We just got done talking about this. Watch this, brothers. The villagers came over and said, oh, what bad fortune you will have when the harvest comes in. You let your horse go free, the horse that you use to help bring in the crops. When your crops come in, you will not have your horse and you will not be able to bring in as many crops or as many crops in a short amount of time. And you will, this is bad fortune. You have, you have bad fortune. You see the expectation, right? Here's the event that occurred. The horse went free. The expectation is bad fortune, less crops, less production, less harvest, less being able to sell, less, less being able to take into the market to sell. So the villagers have this measurement of time that they're using to create an expectation around what might or might not happen. And the farmer says, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. The next day, the farmer's horse comes back and this time brings with him three friends. <laughs> I don't know how horses make friends, but they do. Okay, so the horse goes out into the wild, makes three friends and comes back to the farmer and comes into the pen with his three friends. And so the villagers come back and this time in their, once again, their expectation, they come to the farmer and they say, whoa, what great fortune you have. Now you have four horses. You'll be able to do four times of the harvest, four times of the production, four times of carrying all of your, your products to the market, four times the horsepower, what good fortune. Once again, they come to him with this expectation. Remember the day before they had another expectation <laughs> for the farmer, remember? The day before they had a different expectation because they were measuring their time. Today they came in with a different time measurement because now they're looking at this new circumstance, but they're saying that in the time, in this time, well, now look at it. Now look at the expectation. And they're attached to this, understand that these villagers, they might be happy for their brother farmer, right? They might be attached to some outcome and feeling that attachment, right? Using that external, that mind trick, that trick of the mind that's not really happening. They're using the outcome, this projection to be happy for the farmers, or maybe not. Maybe they'd be jealous of him. 
be jealous of his good fortune. It's like, oh, he's going to do better than us now. And they feel bad. But either way, it's all, none of it is real. It's all illusion of the projection of the future. And the farmer once again says, maybe, maybe not. Because the farmer is detached. Remember, he's at the peak of the emotion, the peak of this, this emotional trinity. Because remember, the third, the superposition is the superposition. It is not on the wave. It is the wave. Right, so as the farmer is detached, he's still observing the external. He's still observing. He's listening. He's, he's watching the circumstance. Yes, he has four horses. Now he's watching the villagers come by and listening to their opinions. He's not influenced by them, but he's certainly giving them their love. He's giving them his attention and time and listening. But once again, he's not attached. He said, man, maybe, maybe not. And the next day, farmer's son goes out, try to tame one of the new horses, one of the wild horses, gets thrown from the horse and breaks his leg. Once again, the villagers hearing of this news come to the farmer and say in their, once again, in their projections, there's no presence, right? The villagers are not here. They're here physically in their bodies, but they're not here in their mind. Where are the villagers? The villagers are out there in, in harvest time. They're out there in the future in harvest time. The crops come in. It's time to reap. They're out there in the marketplace selling all of the products, selling all of the whatever it is that they're farming. Right, all the produce, the, the fruits, vegetables, grain, whatever. They're not here. They're missing it all. <laughs> right? They're missing everything that's happening because they come and they say, oh, what bad fortune. Look, your son's broken his leg with bad fortune. You know? Bad fortune he broke his leg, but bad fortune also that, you know, you, hey, you're not going to have as much help when the crops come in. Which help to sell. You're going to have to do all the selling or take time off. And to take time off, no one's going to be managing your store. So you won't be able to have as much income and you won't be able to get as much harvest because your son broke his leg. Half the people out there working to bring in the harvest. You know, of course, they might be extending a little bit of that broken leg, like how, how bad of the, or, you know, how the misfortune for the son, maybe. But even in that, <laughs> even in that, why? Why is it a misfortune that he's broken his leg? It's still a projection. It's still an expectation because you're expecting what, that maybe he's in pain, that maybe his life is uh, interrupted in some way, that he's got a broken leg so he can't do certain things, that you know, walking is difficult, can't getting around. Maybe you're comparing it to yourself like, oh, that'd be a bummer if I couldn't walk and it's all about, it's, it's none of it's here. But again, what does the farmer say? You guys know what the farmer says. The farmer says, maybe, maybe not. And it continues to go on like that back and forth because the farmer remains detached. The farmer takes the long view. The farmer knows that even though you cannot immediately see the outcome of a given situation, you can't see the outcome of this given situation. I let the horse go. The horse has come back. My, my son has a broken leg. The horse has come back with three more. Now my, now my son has a broken leg, right? There's Here's the given situation, these points in time. The farmer knows that it is connected to a prior situation and it bridges into another situation in the future. And this is just going to keep happening for all time, for all eternity. There's no beginning and there's no end. There only is the beginning and the end, which is the now, which is always perpetually here. And that's the duality. And that's a duality, brothers. Now, there is a superposition. And what is a superposition? I will mention this very, very briefly because I know I've already taken up so much of your time on this podcast episode. The superposition is celebration because that's what I mean when I say the beginning and the end. 
there is no beginning and the end, or there is only one, which is the beginning and the end, because time is the part of the illusion. We take the superposition of the wave, we experience all the wave at once, we celebrate because we know that it's done. It's all done. Everything is complete. Everything has happened. Everything has happened perfectly, eternally, and instantaneously. It's all done. It's complete. We won. <laughs> we won because we are one. <laughs> Little play on words there. Right? But that's the legitimate truth. And when you really, really, really step into this, you almost enter into a state of madness. You become insane because you become sane. But you appear to be insane because everyone else is insane. And I know I've said this before, brothers, but we are insane. You, me, all of humanity is insane. We have built ourselves an asylum to protect ourselves, to show us, to remind us of our insanity. And when you become sane, it appears like madness because you celebrate. You celebrate that everything's done. That's where nothing matters comes from. It's not a nothing matters. It's not a depressive nothing matters. Oh, nothing matters, right? Oh, nothing matters. Why bother doing anything? It's everything has been accomplished already. Nothing matters. Hooray, we can let go and celebrate and not worry. We can, we can dance and love and experience. The expectation is that something matters. The expectation is that we're attached to something better occurring. And everything has already occurred. Everything is here and now. That's the celebration. That's all now. It's all happening here with us. Because we are it. Because this state beyond attachment Detachment can never reach right to the core of existence because it feeds on the duality. It feeds on the duality of the observer and the observed. And the detachment, the observer watches the observe, and that's what our brother did. He watched his friend go through this and remained detached from it, compassionately detached. Right? He didn't allow it to, to affect him or he didn't react to it. But when we rise to that level of celebration, when it explodes, the observer becomes the observed. And the indwelling awareness merges back into its source, which is pure consciousness. And that's what I mean by celebration, brothers. You can let go. Let go and celebrate because it's done, it's here, we've won. Everything is complete from beginning to end. Whatever it is, your mind is expecting to occur, whatever it is your mind is needing and reaching and wanting for in the future, does not matter because it's all in an escape of what exists. You say, I'm not saying we've already done it like in the future. I'm not saying it's already happened as in some time in the future. Like you can let go because we've already happened, right? We've already happened in the future and we can just play it out and let it roll out. I'm saying it's already happened like it's already happened, it's already happened, it's already happened. It's already happened. It's like you're walking around the kingdom. You're walking around a palace. You're walking around your, your destination. You found your destination and you're walking around mumbling about looking for it. Where is it? Where is it? How can I get there? How can I find it? How can I be there? And that's what I mean when I say insanity. That's what I'm talking about in the madness. But when one of you wakes up, when any one of us wake up, and we remember we're here, 
Oh my gosh, we're here. Oh my gosh, I've been looking for this place and I'm already here. I've been looking for the destination. I've been looking for this place all my life and I've been here the whole time. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it happens and we're there and you start to celebrate, then you look crazy. You look crazy. And you are crazy. You are abnormal. Because normal is crazy. Because normal is the insane living in the insane asylum. You are abnormal. You become sane, brother. You're here. You're here. You're here. Just say it. Just say it over and over. I am here. I am here. I am here. It's like when you fall asleep in your bed at night, you start having a dream. I know I'm going to wrap this up. I know, I know, I know, I know. Brothers, I love you guys. We'll do a part two. Maybe I'll do a part two on celebration so I can go deeper into this concept, deeper into this truth. This is it. Like this is it, the here and the now. It's not. We're not waiting for anything to happen. It's already happened. We just have to remember that it has already happened. <laughs> the expectation is the illusion that it hasn't happened. And that's why it's not real. It pulls you out of what's real. What's real is the now. What's real is the here and the now. Even the detachment carries with it a little bit of illusion, a little bit of a duality because you have to be detached from what it is you're observing. When you realize that what it is you're observing is who you are, it is what you are. You are the awareness of what is observing and observed. Then you can celebrate and remember. Brothers, I love you. Until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.